every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. After. Adam Phillips inside the centre circle. Slides all past. Lovely ball through to Cole Stockton. Great chance here for the Yes! Come on! A mistake from Cole Stockton. Opening goal of the afternoon here at the Mizuma. And who else could it be but Cole the goal with his ninth of the campaign. A delicious through ball from Adam Phillips. Split the defence in two. And Cole Stockton races through one-on-one. Draws the keeper and slips it into the far corner in the 15th minute. It's Morecambe 1, Accrington Stanley nil. He doesn't miss those, does he? We spoke about it earlier. This side will be well aware of the threats that he can pose. And yet, and yet, he finds himself one-on-one with the goalkeeper. I thought the goalkeeper, to be fair to him, he looked like he was coming out to, to try and claim the ball and it just backs off and, and Cole Stockton works that to his advantage and calmly slots it into the far corner. It's a fantastic start for the Shrimps. He clears long over halfway, flicked on by Colby Bishop and Liam Gibson's having a, a terrible time over at left-back at the moment and looks for all the world as if he'd oh, bundled his it. man over. Lewis Mansell goes down in the box and Accrington have a penalty and I don't think we can argue too much oh dear oh dear Liam Gibson has had a I don't want to be too hard on him but Liam Gibson has had a terrible start to the game he's all over the place he lost possession really cheaply there again Lewis Mansell in on the right hand side he's bundled over and it's a spot kick to Stanley it is going to be a penalty by Colby Bishop Kyle Leatheran goes the right way, couldn't quite get it, it was too far into the corner and Morecambe's lead lasted just three minutes here at the Mazuma. Stanley find himself back on terms, Mansell bundled over in the box by Gibson and Colby Bishop makes no mistake from the penalty spot, it's Morecambe 1, Accrington 1, he's going to play out towards Matt Butcher who tries to wrap his left boot around that, that one cleared away by Ryan McLaughlin. Danger not completely away though. Keneally into the feet of Butcher who might try and pull the trigger with his left foot. What a finish that was. And in the space of two minutes, it's all turned around here at the Mazuma Stadium. Morecambe couldn't get the ball away. Captain Keneally into the feet of midfielder Matt Butcher. He took a touch and from 20 yards curled it with his left foot low into the bottom corner past Kyle Leatheran. And it's Morecambe 1, Atkinson Stanley 2. It's a great finish. It's a great finish from the lad, but he's, he's got too much space, hasn't he? Way too much space. Shane McLaughlin might go back to Gibson. Instead, tries to feed it into the feet of Arthur Nahua, who's hugging that touchline, right tries on. to get down, or skips around a couple of tackles and gets go on. A, a really good... Yes! Come on! And that is a fine, fine cross from Nahua. And who else but Adam Phillips putting it away for the equaliser. Great play down the left-hand side from Nahua. Skipped away from two tackles and got a beautiful ball in and there at the near post. He's made one and now he's scored one. And we're back on level terms here in the 27th minute at the Mazuma Stadium. Adam Phillips with it and it's Morecambe 2, Accrington 2. Absolutely fantastic play there from Arthur Nahua. He beat his man. He gets to the ball on the byline. Sends a fantastic ball into the mix. What a ball that was. And Adam Phillips, of course. Who else but Adam Phillips? Great connection. Sends it into the roof of the net. The goalkeeper has no chance. And we know that John Coleman sets his teams up to do this. They are, not for the first team we've played this season, let's say masters of the dark arts. They're not, uh, they're not afraid to go down and win a free kick when required. 
No, and, and in that instance, it certainly looks as though, is it Shane McLaughlin, I think? He, he looks yeah. as though he's come off worse. And uh, to add insult to injury, I think it's going to go into the book here. But, uh, yeah, it just looked like a 50-50, really. Oh, he's off. He's off. And that's a red card for the Morecambe midfielder, Shane McLaughlin, for the tackle in the middle of the park on Ethan Hamilton. Now, I must say, in real time, it just looked like a bit of a... A bit of a coming together, nothing in it at all, really. I was surprised even that the referee had initially blown for a free kick. If he's been sent off for the tackle there, Matt, that is very, very harsh indeed. The upshot is, though, midfielder Shane McLaughlin has been shown the red card and Morecambe are down to 10 men on 38 minutes. Back it goes to Keneally, just outside the centre circle. And the Atkinson captain just fizzes it into the feet of Harry Pell. Here comes John O'Sullivan, former... Shrimp down this right-hand side, skips away from McCalmont and then gets it towards Sykes and Keneal is on the edge of the area. Slips oh, it into no. the... Oh, the feet there, it's oh. going to be a tapping at the back post. It was initially the effort from Sean McConville. We didn't clear it up on the second time of asking and it's tapped in from close range by Colby Bishop. 67 on the watch. It's Morecambe 2, Accrington Stanley 3, and that was a very defendable goal. Stephen Robinson is going to be furious. Do you know what? I think we need a moment of magic not too dissimilar to that to get anything from this game this afternoon. Ball over on the left-hand side, referee allows play to continue. Bodies falling, dropping like flies, really, but uh, play goes on. Diago Raga over on this right-hand side. Oh, oh, ball stopped to make that lucky bounce to the ball. Yes! Yeah! for the shrimps 10 minutes to go here at the Mazuma Stadium he got a lucky bounce of the ball it just ricocheted into his path and it's Coles perfect 10 Morecambe 3 Accrington Stanley 3 wow we Morecambe unbelievable goal for Cole Stockton and that was a bit of luck we needed Matt yeah, we did say it was a lucky bounce to the ball. We'd say we'd have a chance. A lucky, a lucky ricochet into Stockton's path, and he just absolutely rifled it past James Trafford, and we're all square. It's ten men, Morecambe, who have found the equaliser with less than ten minutes to go here at the Mazuma Stadium. Goal kick taken. That's time. Up and over halfway. Indeed, the full time whistle. And it's all over here at the Mazuma Stadium. It has been a pulsating afternoon of football here in League One. You have to say, loads of goals, loads of controversy as well. And it's time to take a breath. It's finished here at the Mazuma in front of a crowd of 4,142. Morecambe 3, Accrington Stanley 3. Um, I think we're spoiled when it went down to 10 men, to be honest, because it was a brilliant game of football. That's what fans pay money for, they want to be entertained. I think we cost ourselves the first two goals. You know, we, we make a mistake for the first one, which happens, and the penalty, we give, them, we give the referee an opportunity to give the penalty, to be honest. And then the second one, we get caught in possession of the ball. But I want people to be brave on the ball, so it's hard to criticise. But we showed the character again, keep coming back, don't give up, even with 10 men. And we made, you know, we made positive changes, we, we stayed with... 4-3-2, we didn't go in a 4-4-1 formation and defend for our lives. We thought we'd gamble, we knew if we believed in the system. And at the end we went 4-2-3 and you know, it's brave, but players make it brave with their mentality and their attitude. And I always believe we'll get one more chance, which you know, Cole took in an efficient fashion. 
you mentioned Cole there, two more goals for him today, 10 league goals for the season already. What an impact he's making. Yeah, and, and he can be better. Um, you know, brilliant, but we'll keep driving him. You know, don't ever be happy with what you've done. I'm loving him. He's, he, you know, you get the chances, he scores. But he can, he can do even more. He can score even more. And then get him behind even more. So I'll not leave him alone until we get the finished article. And the good thing is he's a boy that wants to do that, wants to work and wants to add to his game, which all of them are. You've seen the boys that come on. You know, Ram McLaughlin, first game in months. Showed great determination to get through it. We had Gibble, you know, he's not had full fitness yet, still struggling a little bit, found a way to get through it. So delighted with people, delighted with performances and more importantly, the commitment to the football club. I spoke about playing for the badge and playing if you were a fan on the football pitch and I don't think anyone can argue with that today. We talked about the home atmosphere, which has been amazing this season. That really got you towards the end and nine minutes to go, Cole producing that final effort. That, that was sent everyone home happy, I think. Yeah, um, we're disappointed because we think we're 10 men. Or sorry, we're 11 men. We, we perhaps wouldn't win the game. They're a good side. Um, you know, uh, some of the decisions have gone against us. It has to even itself up somewhere along the line. But we have given the referee opportunities to make the decisions today. The red card, I'd like to see it back again. Um, I've spoke to the ref and you know he believes it was a red card so we'll have a look at it if it was it was but again we have to concentrate on what we've done after that it was fantastic and fans can see when you're giving absolutely everything we're playing with, with quality we defended there's two ways to play and you'd be really offensive but we showed a real steel and determination to hang into the game and, and then our quality with cold finish Great to see John Iunga back as well Yeah he looked rusty um, he looked like he'd been out five weeks but it's another 30 minutes under his belt and now we've got options. You know, Wes, in, Wes was a purely tactical substitution, nothing he'd done wrong. And Arthur as well, he looked a little bit tired and we needed a bit more energy and physicality up there. To, when we did get the opportunity to get up the pitch, then you know, we had a bit more physical presence. Every home game has been an absolute classic so far. When I came here, I didn't think we'd score any goals. <laughs> I thought we'd be a hard team to beat, 1-0. Um, but aye, we're scoring goals. We just need to shut it at the other end. And, Things are transparent against us at the other end at the moment. Nobody's cutting us open. Nobody's, you know, from open play, we're, we're very good. But, you know, things are going against us. And we're creating them decisions as well for, for referees. So we have to be better at that. And the, the fans, 4,000 against, they, they, they've really come and enjoyed what you're trying to do here. Yeah, definitely. You know, and they were mostly our fans. You know, there wasn't too many away fans. So we have to praise our fans. Terrific. Got behind the boys. And as I say, if... You can win and lose games on decisions or, or bad performances, but see if you're given everything, people will stick by you. Stephen, great performance. Thanks very much. Cheers, Cheers The uh, tenacity and the determination, everything that we showed, those are the kind of points that are going to stand us in great stead when we hit another rocky patch later in the season. Yeah, it's a point gained, certainly. With you know, We pay 60 minutes with, with 10 men, um, so we have to see it as a point gained. And the overall, I think the game was spoilt, you know, and you know, rightly or wrongly, the right decision to send Shane off. Um, it, it obviously makes the game a lot more difficult for us, but that point will be valuable at the end of the season. Great to see Jonah back at one end of the pitch. No Greg Lee today. What was the news on him? Greg's torn his hamstring. Um, his other hamstring, not the one that he, he had originally injured at Aberdeen, so that's a huge blow for us. He'll be out a, you know, a minimum of four weeks, five weeks. But again, it gives people opportunities, you know, and yeah, Gibbo had a, an unfortunate first 10 minutes, um, but he grew into the game. And you know what? You make mistakes, but you stand up and be counted. And Gibbo's a boy that always stand up and be counted, and he was, and he got better and better as the game went on. So, you know, he'll get his opportunity now. Cooney was out, injured, um, sorry, suspended, and Ram McLaughlin certainly took his chance. So we've got a good squad, so it's up to people to stay fit, stay on the field. Um, otherwise, other people come in and take your place. You just mentioned one or two of the players 
He played really well today. Adam Phillips, of course, would have wanted a really good performance against uh, the club he was on loan to last season, and he definitely delivered that. Yeah, scored one and set one up. So, um, yeah, if we could get 90 minutes out of Adam, I'm screaming and shouting at him on the sidelines because I want more. He's a boy that's got top championship stroke premiership ability. Uh, if we can get his fitness levels and his mentality just a little bit more, then I've no doubt he'll go on and have a very, very good career. Um, and he's a boy that wants to learn. You know, he's come with the right attitude and we'll try and get 90 minutes out of him. And Cole will, of course, get the headlines for his two goals, and rightly so, but I thought Arthur's cross for Adam's goal, that, that showed the confidence that he has right now. Yeah, I was, you know, I, I thought some of them looked a little bit tired from Tuesday night, but, you know, one bit of magic from, from Arthur when he was positive, put a great ball in, and it's a super finish from Adam. So, you know, that's what he can do. He's starting to assist, he's starting to score. And now with Jonah back fit as well, then, you know, we've got a few more options. Josh McPeak, thought, come on, done really well. Alfie McCallman, come on, done really well. Um, you know, so the, the squad's looking good. Disappointing not to get all three points, but in the circumstances, you know, we're happy with the point. And final one from me, Stephen. No Aaron Wildig in the squad. Was that just the the overrun from his illness this week? Yeah, Aaron's still not 100% right. He came into the office today to see us, um, seeing the doctor. So we're hoping he'll join in training towards the end of the week. But um, yeah, it's been a it's been a three week illness that he's not been eating properly. So you know, he needs to get his energy back before he can play professional football. But health is more important than football. Enjoy the weekend, Gaffer. Thank you. It was a good game. You know, obviously we're we're disappointed to score three goals and not win the game. But obviously the circumstances as well. Um, I thought the lads dug very deep and uh, come away with a draw. Actually, probably could have ended up nicking it at the end. So um, I know the lads are all obviously happy with it, but the character was showed, and um, and we just want to keep this sort of unbeaten run going in the Lincoln now and. We want to win every game we're playing, so um, we should be confident going into Tuesday. It was end to end. It must have been hard work for you as your first game, fitness wise. Yeah, exactly. Um, didn't have a pre-season. Obviously, I signed, signed late, so probably two weeks into pre-season for me, really. But I'm gonna get 90 and I'm buzzing of it. And um, no, I've obviously got uh, very good uh, experience alongside me and Scotty Wood and Anthony O'Connor, and then obviously Coombs in front of me as well, like uh, just protecting. So. No, it was obviously very good to be playing with them and um, no, I'm just delighted the way the way the lads turned up in the second half and dug deep. To be down to 10 men and to keep battling all the way to the end to get that point, as you say, you could have sneaked it. It was just tremendous spirit and determination. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, um, we sort of went in at half-time and the gaffer said, this, look, don't be, we don't use this as, as an excuse because uh, we've got 10 men that would just sort of just fold over and let them, let them sort of have, the way, have, have play the way they want it. So, um, no, we just went out there. We wanted to make it difficult for them thought we defended very well and um, from the front and that's including the midfielders and all who've done a lot of work for us and um, that made us be able to stay compact so you know, I thought we'd done brilliant and you know anytime we sort of get a chance we've got Cole up there who can take it and he's been flying at the minute so now we're buzzing and um, now he's he's done very well today as well so you know, a big shout out to Cole Stockton too. What about those finishes from Cole? I think he's Europe's top goal scorer now or something, but what, what a vein of form he's in. No, exactly, and it's not, it's not even that. It's the way he holds the ball up. It's so strong, and um, he's when he goes in front of the goal, like, you don't you don't second-guess him. You know where it's going to end up, and it's in the back of the net. So and we're just lucky to have him, and uh, no, we're, we're lucky to have him in, on our team. So um, long may it continue. Great spirit and determination. As you say, you've got a game on Tuesday now against Lincoln. Hopefully carry that into that game. Yeah, exactly. You know, in League One, anyone can beat anyone. And um, Lincoln are a good football inside, but um, so are we. And um, uh, we've got a very good squad too, so we've got players that can come in also. So you know, we're looking forward to it and we're going there. To, uh, we're, we're hoping to get the three points again. How hard is it to come into a team after pre-season? It is. It's very difficult. You know, you're playing catch-up. You know, your your first day is sort of there. They're probably three months in on your first day and it is difficult. But um, I knew that and I was... 
there's only so much you can do sort of by yourself you're sort of running in the summer by yourself just hoping that's like it's sort of the move that you want uh we come in and i've worked with a gaffer before at Oldham. i know what way he works and um you know even in the two and a bit weeks that i've been here he's uh the fitness fitness levels that i've got to i'm very happy with and um yeah, so we've only been, just been training hard. Um, it is hard playing catch-up, but you know, I'm sure there's other people in the same boat, but I'm just lucky that they've played, and you know, I'm happy to get 90 minutes too, so it's all in the bank. Hello, and welcome to the Shrimps Verdict podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio and on I Follow Shrimps. Here at the Mazuma Stadium in the late September sunshine, a pulsating, a controversial afternoon of football in League One. It finished Morecambe 3, Accrington Stanley 3. Let's uh, dissect the action with myself, Dave Salmon and uh, Matt Smith from the Shrimps media team. Before we do that, a reminder, a little later on uh, in this pod, I'll be talking to a gentleman called Gary Hutchinson. Now, Gary is the editor of the Stacey West Lincoln City Fans Blog website he is a lincoln aficionado and i've got the inside track and everything we need to know about morecambe's opponents on tuesday the shrimps versus the imps here at the mazuma on tuesday so uh, keep listening to that uh, loads of great stuff ahead of lincoln city on tuesday but matt back to matters on the field this afternoon and first and foremost what a game of football yeah, it was, uh, I think you said on commentary, it was a great advert for League One. It had everything, didn't it? Red card, lots of goals, lots of fierceness and, and rivalry. That's what you want out of these kind of games, isn't it? So, yeah, it was a great game. Um, absolutely delighted that Morecambe got something out of the game because I think it's the least that we deserved. Um, even though, obviously, after going down to 10 men, it, it, it looked unlikely being so early on to, to receive the uh, the disadvantage. But, yeah, credit to Stephen Robinson and, and every every player out there. They did fantastically and they come away with, with something that they very much deserve. It's these kind of points, these kind of performances that, for me, summarise perfectly Stephen Robinson's side. But not only that, it's these results that are going to stand us in good stead in the coming months. We know the going's going to get tough. We're going to go through other rocky patches. But the belief the determination, the tenacity, the heart, the spirit, everything we show today, we know we can get results against the odds. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it also speaks volumes of his management style. I mean, you go down, you know, 10 men with, uh, well, a lot, well, the full second half and five minutes of the first about half. About an hour in. or about, just over an hour all in. Yeah, and it's 2-2. It's two, two. And um, a lot of managers would set up very defensively and try and keep hold of a point. Um, and you can't really be blamed to, you know, for doing that as a manager, but he didn't. You know, he he looked to to carry on and and made very positive attacking changes, and it, you know he deserves it more than anyone that uh, that we've come away with the point this afternoon. So yeah, really happy for for the gaffer and uh, and all the lads. Let's look at the game itself then, and it's fair to say ebbed and flowed back and forth. Plenty of uh, good football, lots of goals, lots of controversy as well. We take the lead and, and what a great finish it was. We know that Cole Stockton was always going to score once he was through one-on-one, but great ball through from Adam Phillips too. Yeah, uh, really happy for Adam, obviously former club that he's coming up against and um, it was a, an unbelievable ball through really, to, to pinpoint perfection almost and, and great for Cole to latch onto it and like you say, when he's in those positions, he's you 99.9% expecting the, uh, the net to, to nestle, aren't you? And it very much did that. Um, yeah, really good start to the game from Morecambe. Another early goal for us in proceedings. And um, unfortunately, we couldn't quite kick on from there, could we? Um, obviously, gave away the penalty in, I'd say, controversial fashion in, in the sense that it was our own fault. 
Uh, yeah. We shot ourselves in the foot a little bit, didn't we? Um, so yeah, it was it was a shame that um, we couldn't keep hold of, of the early lead, and, and they pretty much came back straight away, and then they were in the ascendancy, weren't they? And that penalty, I don't know what was going on with Liam Gibson this afternoon. I, th- I think he came out with somebody else's boots on or something because he was struggling to keep his feet. He was cross, cross-footed. He, he, he just had a terrible time of it for the first, I would say, probably 25 minutes or so. And, and gave away that penalty as well. Gave away cheap handball free kick. But we've only seen it once. We're only, what, half an hour after the full-time whistle. On uh, the, uh, here at the Mazuma on this Saturday evening, it looked a penalty though in, in real time. I think Stephen Robinson agreed that it, that it was a penalty. Yeah, it was one of them. He, he gave the referee a decision to make, didn't he? Um, fair play to him. He, he gave the ball away, and, and he certainly looked like winning it back. He would have been a bit of a different issue had he just stood stationary and just let the attacker progress, or at least he's trying to win it back. It's just the nature of the challenge, you know. It was. Um, I, I think it was a penalty. Um, but it's worth mentioning that after those 25, 30 minutes, he looked like a different man, didn't he? Yeah, he was absolutely. absolutely fantastic for the rest of the game. Um, and you, you expect nothing less from Gibbo. He's, he's such a professional. And uh, even after 20 minutes of, of you know, a poor performance by his own standards, he, he can bounce back and just come out like a different player. He was, wasn't he? Yeah. Adam Phillips then scores our second. I just want to put a word in for Arthur Nahura as well, continuing. It wasn't quite as prominent as he was against Crew on Tuesday, but great cross, great finish for Tutti. Yeah, it was. It was a great ball. He showed his grit and determination to win it down the uh, the left-hand side, if we're looking at it from an attacking sense. And it was a great ball into the mix. You know, he had, he had some big lads in there to beat with his cross, and he did it. And he got it right in the path of Adam Phillips and, as we know, made no mistake from close range. So, brilliant from Arthur. He's, he's a man in form at the minute. And um, same, same with Adam. You know, you set up one, you score one against your former side. It's not a bad afternoon, is it? Let's talk about the red card then, Matt. I think we both said in real time we didn't really see much much in it really uh, I think Shane McLaughlin kind of lost the ball in the centre circle it was one of those tangles of that happens and a bit, bit untidy but maybe perhaps Accrington players leaned on the ref maybe I, I don't know but either way it was a red card and uh, perhaps a bit of a surprise but what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, it was, it was a shock, wasn't it? You know, the last thing we expected was uh, to see the red card come out of the referee's pocket, but it did. Um, we can only go off what we've seen, and in real time, I just thought it was a, a strong challenge, but you get that in football, don't you? Um, uh, the only thing I can think of is if something's happened that we haven't seen after the challenge, uh, we'd have to wait and see. But, um, I mean, when a red card like that happens, it's how you bounce back and how you respond, and, you know, it's just testament to Morecambe's personality really as a team to, to perform the way we did after going down to 10 men for me in the second half we didn't look threatening going forward we looked as I'm not saying we were trying to hold out for 2-2 we weren't we were trying our best we just couldn't get anything going in the final third and once Accrington had made it 3-2 I think Robbo is going to be disappointed with the manner that we conceded that goal I thought and I genuinely did think this at the time that that's going to be that. It's just going to be out to 3 2, and we're going to slip to a defeat here. But we've spoken about luck, haven't we? And, and rub of the green. And finally, we get some luck. A lucky ricochet on the edge of the box. And Cole was never going to miss, was he? No, he wasn't. No, not at all. Um, like you say, I, I agree. After it went 3 2, you kind of think, you know, we're not yeah. going to get much luck here. But. Um, but credit, you know, where it's due. We, we, we carried on pushing and, and although we didn't carve out too many chances in the second half, 
we took the one that fell our way and that's that's what you want especially out of Cole you, you expect nothing less he's banging form it's almost like everything he touches turns to goals at the minute so um, oh, I, I need to write that one down everything he touches <laughs> turns to goals get that one in the notebook it's true um, and it just tells you I think what is it 10 goals in all competitions and we're only in approaching the end of September Europe's so, top scorer yeah it's just absolutely immense so yeah it was it was great to see that one nestling in the back of the net for the fans I mean the fans were brilliant this afternoon as well so yeah it, it what looked like for large spells could have been a disappointing afternoon it, it turned out to be quite a, an entertaining and, and thoroughly deserved point of an afternoon it feels like a win doesn't it it does it does yeah we'll, we'll enjoy it and, and why shouldn't we you know we battled for like you say an hour of play with 10 men against a, t- a physical team like Accrington Stanley and we've come away with a point so we listened to John Coleman in his post-match and as you would expect Coley he, well that's I think the most polite way I can put this is he has uh, very different views to perhaps what me and you have about a number of things that went on today yeah I mean he's as always, you would expect you, you would expect it. he's always going to defend his team um I feel, I mean, he talks about getting the rub of the green in terms of decisions. He, he, I think he was kind of alluding to the fact that we got away with more than they did. We'd have to beg to differ on that one. Mm. Um, but like we say, um, we won't dwell too much on, on what John Coleman says after the game. Um, he's a great manager, he goes without saying. Fantastic manager, what he's done at Accrington uh, Stanley. So, yeah, I'm sure he'll forget about it um, by tomorrow as they'll go on to focus on their next game, as will we. 11 points already in the bag. Lincoln City, quick turnaround on Tuesday. We heard from the gaffer there. And, and, and we know from all of Stephen Robinson's post-matches, he's never too high, never too low. He's always very level-headed, and that's that's fantastic. But the bad news about Greg Lee and his hamstring tear, hopefully it's not too bad. Yeah, it's just typical, isn't it? I mean, he's not a striker, if that's any crumb of comfort to take from it. But, yeah, n- another injury and, and a- another lad who was banging form when he picked up the injury. Greg's been immense since well since the season started, really, especially, you know, against Crew, He looked absolutely magnificent. So, yeah, disappointing. But I think from what we've seen today, um, without him out there, you know, we're not in bad cover, really. We've got lads who can come in and do the job when called upon. And that's, that's the importance of, of the gaffer doing what he did when he came into the football club. So disappointing to lose Greg when he's in such fine form, but we're in good hands. And finally, Matt, we're going to hear from uh, Gary Hutchinson, the editor of the, uh, the Stacey West Lincoln City uh, fans blog in, in a few moments' time. I spoke to him on Friday afternoon before, before today's action. And uh, he, he goes into great detail about some really interesting things about Lincoln. It's definitely going to be a very different test on Tuesday to what we saw this afternoon. Yeah, it is. You know, Michael Appleton is, uh, is a great manager and he's, he's got his football club playing some nice football. Um, as we know, they, they narrowly missed out on promotion last season. So they're going to be itching to be up there come the end of the campaign. Um, and it'll be another tough test. Uh, there's, there's no easy game in League One as we all know um, and the gaffer's always saying that so yeah I mean they'll, they'll be hoping to come here and, uh, and get a result and, and I mean it's two without a loss now for Morecambe obviously great win and, and a thoroughly deserved well a great win against Crew and a thoroughly deserved point today so we can take confidence from that and, uh, and hopefully we'll, we'll come out of the result on Tuesday on the, uh, on, the, on the winning end Matt thank you very much indeed now there is another big game for the Shrimps on Tuesday night Lincoln City the visitors to the Mazuma Stadium the Shrimps versus the Imps for our midweek league on action uh, this week I've been chatting to Gary Hutchinson he's the editor of the Stacey West fans 
blog for Lincoln City, stacywest.net. Uh, Gary is a bit of a Lincoln City super fan. I've been giving him a bit of a grilling and drilling down into all things imps ahead of the game on Tuesday. So firstly, Gary, the Stacey West... A lot of fans will have been to Sinsel Bank and will have seen the Stacey West stand. But for those that don't know, tell us the historical significance of why it is the Stacey West. That, that end of the ground is a traditional home end, although it houses away fans now. Um, and it's called the Stacey West after two of our supporters, uh, Bill Stacey and Jim West, uh, who lost their lives in the Bradford fire disaster. As uh, obviously 56 fans died that afternoon to Lincoln and, and 54 from Bradford. So the stand's named after them in their memory. Um, there's always always resisted any sort of commercial link up and, and that will always be the case. Uh, and that's the end of the ground that technically I, I say I grew up in. Um, I was standing on it before um, before it was renamed the Stacey West when it was the railway end and it's where I've watched the ball come off football so it's why I've then taken the name of And I suppose for a, a name of a fan blog and a, and a website, it's, it, it's quite perfect really. Yeah, do you know what? Actually, over time, I've often thought, have I kind of reappropriated it for the wrong reasons? Um, but I, I started the blog as a, a kind of a side thing with I had film reviews and game reviews and stuff on it. And, and I came out of work for a short period of time with stress and anxiety and I really focused on it. And I, I picked the Stacey West, kind of did the branding and it's stuck and it's now at a point where it would be disrespectful to change it, but I, I didn't speak to either of the, the families before I named the blog, but I have since spoke to the family of Bill Stacey and, and I have the name with their blessing. So on, on to matters on the field then, Gary, and I suppose from your point of view, given how successful you were last season, given your manager and the squad and everything, perhaps a little surprising that you've got us off to quite a slow start this season. Um. Possibly not, actually, no. I think if you look at last season, um, with little context, obviously we, we did very, very well. Um, we benefited from a couple of really good loan deals in Brennan Johnson and, and latterly Morgan Rogers. Uh, and League One was a very different landscape last season as well. There was the salary cap had prevented uh, the big bullies throwing their money about with little thought. And so there was a much more emphasis, I think, on um, the actual team and, uh, and how you got the players playing. And look, we were fortunate because we had had a big clear out in the January just before COVID kicked in. So we weren't saddled with... Um, huge high earners. I think we took probably two professionals or three sort of professionals through into the next season. So it was a perfect storm for us. Uh, and we did do very, very well indeed. Um, over the summer, the landscape has changed significantly. Those bullies that I talked about have managed to get their wallets out and the, you know, the rich kids have been in the toy shop and, and the poor kids have had to wait and see what's in the bargain bins. Um, and I don't want to do a disservice to any of our players when I say that but we were pipped to several transfers and um, kind of that I know of off the record and um, we lost out on deadline day to a Morgan Whitaker and um, we lost out on him you know with literally with five minutes to go he was at the training ground ready to sign so whilst we've had a strongish transfer window in terms of recruiting our own players and um, actually we've gone into the season a little lopsided for instance, uh, we only have two number nines on our books, one of whom is likely to be injured for Tuesday night. Uh, we, we've we've kind of we've lost a lot of um, our loan players and we've replaced them with players that you hope are going to build and hope are going to become more successful. But as yet, 
probably have not. We may be a tiny bit lower than I thought. Um, we certainly haven't had the rub of the green in some instances. Oxford, we, we went without a number nine because both our strikers were injured, so we didn't have anybody to play through the centre. Ipswich, we were, it was a smash and grab. We were robbed, we were mugged, uh, however you want to call it. And I've got another referee who I had to cross off my Christmas card list. We've only got one fit centre forward ourselves, so I'll make of that what you will for Tuesday night. I suppose from your point of view, you've had a, a really good few years as a Lincoln City fan, having you lots of highs, promotions, it's all gone pretty well. When you look at the teams that have come up from League Two, we of course came up through the playoffs. What was, when you saw Morecambe, there were going to be a League One football club this season, what were your initial thoughts on, on how we might do? Um, well, uh, before I touch on how we might, how you might do, I've got to say my initial thoughts were absolute delight um, because I love to see, uh, and this is said with the greatest respect, an underdog do well. And, you know, for many years while we were in the conference, when we came through League Two and then afterwards as well, Morecambe were the perennial strugglers. It was, you know, third from bottom was a great finish and nine times out, you know, you always did it under Jim Bentley. So I was absolutely delighted to see you come up and Cheltenham as well in that respect. Um, I think... Uh, or I thought, I mean, I, I, I feel the same now. I think it's going to be a long, tough road. And um, there are probably three divisions within League One. Uh, there are the big spenders um, who you expect to be up amongst the top. And we broke into that last season uh, and we were very fortunate to do so. There's the middling teams, which I consider ourselves to be. Um, and that would be the likes of Oxford, Doncaster, Gillingham, who you kind of feel like you're an established League One side. But it would be a push if you're top 10. But if you're bottom six or seven, that's going to be a real kick in the proverbials. Uh, and then there's the, the final mini league at the bottom. And again, I say this with the greatest respect. I don't want to appear condescending. But when I saw Morecambe come up, Cheltenham come up, I kind of looked at that and thought, if, if you're kind of at the top of that mini league there, I think that that would be a huge achievement, especially given what happened over the summer with, with Derek Adams going um, and, and obviously the uh, Stephen Robinson, isn't it, who's come in, um, who, who did very well, I think, with Motherwell. So, you know, a little bit of an unknown quantity when I did my one to 24. I, I admit I did tip you for the drop, hands up. Um, but you only have to look at Accrington to think, actually, club size is absolutely no indication of how well you do. Uh, and Accrington have made great success from signing players that people look at and go, don't think much to that. Dion Charles coming from non league for instance. Um, is it uh, Colby Bishop? Is it yeah. you? And you've got Cole Stockton, isn't it? I get yeah. the two mixed up. Yeah, yeah. Colby Bishop and Dion Charles come from non league. And you think, not much. I'd have both of those in our side in a heartbeat. I'd have Cole Stockton in our side in a heartbeat. So, um, yeah, I, I think it'll be a, I think it'll be an exciting season for you. Certainly, roller coaster. I think all Morgan fans are expecting those highs and lows and. I think now we've reached 10 points. It's at that point where we think, oh, do you know what? If we keep that going, average points per game throughout the course of the season, we're going to be in the top 10 or there or thereabouts. So it's difficult not to get carried away. Yes, we've lost four games. We've not had the, similar to yourselves really, Gary, we've not had the rub of the green. We've had some terrible refereeing decisions. We've had terrible injuries, certainly in our forward positions. We've had one fit striker for most of the season and obviously we've we've had to flog him to death almost because we haven't got anybody else to play. So I think our expectations have shifted a little bit from perhaps, well, let's just try and get 19th or higher. I think we are... And we've proved so far to be a better team than that, really. In terms of your lineup, Gary, for 
Tuesday. Uh, how do you generally line up? We know the kind of football that Michael Appleton likes to play, but in terms of your formations and so on and so forth, how, how do you generally line up? Uh, so we generally line up in a 4-3-3. Um, uh, that's at the basic level. Uh, it then depends on the opposition as to how that actually manifests um, on, on the pitch. It's always a flat back four, two full backs, two centre-halves. Uh, we can then play either the double fours, so Liam Bridcott and or another holding midfielder in front of the back four. That's usually when we're going away to a team you expect to get um, you know, under pressure. Uh, when we're trying to break teams down, Liam Bridcott sits at the base of the three-man midfield and then there's two two ahead of him, play with two wide players and then one centre forward. The centre forward, though, is very, very much a false nine, which is a saying I absolutely despise in modern football because you know, to go into a game with a number nine who's not going to score goals or have shots is is, is utterly baffling to me. Um, but that's what Tom Hopper is. Yeah, he scored two goals this season. I think his XG is lower than our right back. So um, in terms of actual personnel, look, yeah, I don't say because we're we're having so many injuries. I mean, just today, Hopper's now been ruled out for a couple of weeks. He won't play. Liam Bridcott's 50-50. That's just for, uh, for for the weekend's game. You've got um, Chris Maguire is out injured. That go that adds to Max Sanders is out. Conor McGrandles is out. Freddie Draper's out. Uh, Sean Rowan is out. Joe Walsh is never in. I mean, you know, it, it's uh, Joe Walsh. I think's played twenty games for us in a year and a half. He's made of glass. Um, it, like the, the the film Unbreakable, he's like you know Mr. Glass, like Samuel L. Jackson's character. So every squad. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a four-three-three. Three. Yeah. yeah, unfortunately, our squad hasn't got the <laughs> the fit players. That's the issue. Um, so we play out from the back. You know, you you very very rarely see Josh Griffiths booting it forward. He's on loan from West Brom. Who, who you will have faced last season with Cheltenham um, and then we we play nicely through the thirds we look to build with pace um, on the flanks the attacking uh, wingers are expected to drop back and cover the fullbacks so you're just as likely to see Regan Paul uh, and Cohen Bramwell putting a cross in as you who are Hakiba Delican and, and Anthony Scully so um, it's quite fluid football it's nice football to watch when it works yeah. but if we come up against a team that play two banks of four it can become very painful because there's no gaps um, and Ipswich on Saturday was a classic example. They they went one nil up through an illegal goal. I make no mistake, two handed push from Macaulay Bond. Absolutely shocking that it was allowed. Um, and then in the second half, we had seventy five percent possession, and it wasn't necessarily MK Don's possession, which is literally keep playing it across the back until the possession stat hits a hundred. It was we were trying to build through the thirds, but then you just hit that wall. I'm just not sure we've quite got the quality to break teams down yet. So it might be quite an open game on Tuesday then because um, Stephen Robinson also likes 4-3-3, the flat back four, something of a triangular midfield, one sitting, two with more licence and then two out-and-out wingers and one central striker. So uh, the omens there are, are, are good for hopefully quite an open game. Yeah, you'd hope so. And I think in a game like that, there's, there's two key areas where it's won and lost. I don't think that your forwards beat your defenders and vice versa. I think that the key is who wins the midfield battle. So um, if you're starting to try and play out from the back, the holding midfielder, I think is absolutely critical in that 4-3-3 because he's the conduit. And when the balls left him and those fullbacks start going on, it's then up to him to drop in and, and kind of cover as well. So it's going to be down to who's got the best holding midfielder um, or who's got the most uh, on the night. And also, I think then it's the flanks. It's are your fullbacks getting forward enough? Are they supporting the wingers enough? And are your wingers tracking back? And the, game, the goal we conceded against Ipswich, 
I know I, I'm not going to sound bitter anymore, but the cross came in because our left winger, Chris Maguire, or our right winger, beg your pardon, Chris Maguire, hadn't tracked back. So I think that that's where Tuesday's game could be won and lost. How are you in terms of aerial presence? We are the worst team in the league. We, we, we put it right against Crew on Tuesday, last Tuesday, but we have conceded the most goals in the league from set pieces, all of them absolutely avoidable. Is that an area of strength for you? No. <laughs> OK. Absolutely not, not at all. Um, I, I was shocked. I, I had to visit several stats websites uh, to find out that one of our centre-halves didn't contest a single aerial duel on uh, Saturday. Um, we've got absolutely no threat whatsoever from from corners. Uh, I haven't seen us win a single header from a corner in the games that I've been to this season. Um, uh, the, the one the one factor might be Dan Unlundalu. Um, we've got him on loan from Southampton. He's a massive unit. I mean, I was down at the training ground and he absolutely terrified me. I thought it was the Statue of Liberty coming out of the training centre. He was that big. Um, and he might play if Hopper's injured. We haven't seen what he can do in the air. Um, Adam Jackson's a centre-half who, if he's not picked up properly, can be a danger from corners. But frankly, this season, we've not really had it. I think, again, Tom Hopper on Saturday, our centre-forward, won one aerial duel. And I think that was it. So um, I, I don't think either side are going to be wanting to see the ball off the grass on uh, on Tuesday night. Great to know because we have been really susceptible from set pieces. Cheat free kicks being given away on the edge of the box, corners not picking up at the back post. So uh, that that's hopefully one to watch out for. We'll probably lose 1-0 to a set piece now. We've said that, of course, but uh, fingers crossed. So who are your, your key men then, Gary? Who are your star players who we need to watch out for? I think the beauty here is actually it depends who you ask. And um, there is a a standout star and last season if you'd asked um, any supporter it would either have been George Grant or Brennan Johnson so whether somebody not standing out is a, a, an example of the fact that we've actually got some decent players waiting to break through or whether we're just kind of we can't decide who's pretty much of a muchness and I, I don't want to sound negative because we've got some good players Teddy Bishop if he's on form and if you get him on the ball I think he's as creative as any player at this level um, he's been with Ipswich since he was a kid the Paul Cook kind of threw him out with the trash this summer because he was one of the rich kids wasn't he buying all the toys so uh, Teddy Bishop was the the toy that Andy didn't want in the toy story um, so we picked him up uh, he's he's kind of been in and out of form and fitness, but he has got an exquisite touch. And you picked up there on free kicks on the edge of the area. Look, we don't score headers, but if you give us a free kick in within sort of 18, just outside the 18-yard box, we've got players who can score from there. Um, I really like a lad we've got on loan from Manchester City called Luis Fiorini. Um, he's been slow to get into the side. He hasn't really kind of had a, a massive chance, but of late, he's been very good. Um, he scored against Rotherham. He scored in the 5-1 win against Cambridge. And with our injuries, I think he's probably going to play as well. Uh, but if I didn't mention Anthony Scully, I'd be doing a Lincoln City a disservice. Um, eight goals in 11 games. Cambridge, two weeks ago, our last away game, he scored two and had a hand in the other three when we won 5-1. Um, he's very hard to pigeonhole because he's not a flying winger. Um, he, he's not a number nine. He doesn't really play the traditional 10 role, but he just plays. And he, there's elements of, and I'm not saying he's as good as, but there's elements of the Wayne Rooney about him where you're never going to quite know where you can play him, certainly not in a 4-3-3. In a but you've got to have him on the field because he can just conjure up a chance out of nowhere. And um, there's a feeling at the moment that if you stop Anthony Scully, you stop our attack. Uh, that remains to be seen over the, the course of the next two away games, but he's certainly a danger man. 
We'll look out for him. Of course, he's topping the charts in terms of goals and assists, isn't he? One, one of the best in Europe at the moment. So, uh, obviously, the, the danger man to watch out for. So, prediction time then, Gary. How do you think it's going to go on Tuesday? I always feel arrogant if I come on somebody else's podcast <laughs> and predict a Lincoln win. Uh, but, look, we're not playing too badly. We're far better away from home. The, the, just chatting to you makes me think that, actually, it's going to be a game that goes to our strengths. So, I, I am um, going to predict a Lincoln City win. Uh, I'm going to go 2-1 because we don't keep clean sheets. Uh, so, 2-1 to Lincoln. OK, well, we have, uh, obviously, we have Cole Stockton, joint top scorer in the league. He's not scored, well, as we record this on Friday afternoon, uh, he hasn't scored for two games. Hopefully, he will have scored by the time people listen to this against Accrington on Saturday. But he's, uh, he's something of a goal drought for Cole. He's not scored for two games. So, uh, I'm going to go 2-1, but to Morecambe. So, We'll see. Uh, well, it's nailed on nil-nil now. We've said that, of course, isn't it? Uh, what are your hopes, finally, Gary, for, uh, for for the rest of the season? Finish higher than we are now. Um, no, no, do you know what? We need to get through till January. So, I mean, we, we are going through an injury crisis. We, we did miss out on players in deadline day. We know we're woefully short. Michael Appleton knows that as well. Uh, so I've got two kind of targets and you know, it's not for me to set their targets, of course, but come January, I'd like to see us tucked in anywhere from, from kind of 10th to 16th, still within touching distance of the top six. Um, if we then have a good January, uh, and we certainly did last January with Morgan Rogers and Regan Paul coming in, um, we've got scope, I hope, to knock on the door of the top 10. Um, but you know, really, it's just about consolidation for me. I want people to look at Lincoln City and go, they are a League One team, not they are are a League Two team still competing in League One and I think probably a, a top half finish this season would, would make people think that. Gary, thanks very much indeed. If people uh, want to find out more about your, your blog and your website, how do we do that? By visiting stacywest.net uh, and I'm also, if it's okay, quickly going to plug my book that I wrote uh, called Suited and Booted. Uh, I was actually the Lincoln mascot for 16 years uh, and I've written a book about my experiences uh, and my, um, we'll call it a battle with, with mental health issues during that time as well. So it's, um, it's not widely read because I self-published it, uh, but if I do say so myself, it, it isn't a bad read. So you can find that on Amazon, Suited and Booted. And also your Twitter feed as well, if we want to follow you, Gary. Where can we find that? And that's at Stacey West Blog on Twitter. Gary, thanks so much for your time. Really looking forward to the game on Tuesday and good luck for the rest of the season after Tuesday, of course. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Pleasure. Thank you, my friend. A huge thank you to Gary Hutchinson, the editor of the Stacey West Lincoln City fans blog website, stacywest.net, if you'd like to find out more, or at Stacey West Blog on Twitter. And thanks for your company. We always appreciate your Ears the Shrimps Verdict podcast back after the Lincoln City game for some post-match reaction audio highlights and loads more besides on Tuesday. Before that, join us on Beyond Radio on 103.5 and 107.5 FM locally across North Lancashire, or you can watch or listen via the iFollow Shrimps platform too. We'll be on from 7.30 for team news, the build-up and the whole of Morecambe against Lincoln City in League One Live. We'll look forward to your company then. Thanks for listening and we'll speak to you next time. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.